Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. It's Matt Reitzel and Curtis Reitzel. Are we on the Wealth Building with a Purpose show? We're on podcast right now. We're videoing as well for YouTube. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about how to analyze an investment property from an investor's perspective. You're looking at a property. What do I look for? Now, some quick housekeeping. If you enjoy these episodes, please share them with your friends and family, whether it's on YouTube or on podcast. Uh, that way we can get out to more people. Also, head over to iTunes or Apple, our podcast, and give us a five-star review. Um, if you like it, again, helping us reach more people, uh, hit subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate that, and uh, we like seeing you there. Also, um, we run the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club in Kitchener-Waterloo, so we're on meetups.com and also on Facebook. So find us on both, join the groups. We run um, at least two uh, events per month. So we're one of the most consistent, one of the biggest groups in the area. So we definitely like to see you there as well. Anything you'd like to add? I don't think we're one of the biggest. I think we are the biggest investor club. I think we have about, we have about 400 members in the club now. So I, I don't know where that ranks us. It, it really doesn't matter in relation to the other groups. It doesn't matter, but it's still pretty cool to be able to you know be a part of all these awesome investors uh, journey and you know network with them learn a bunch so if you're in the local region in the kitchener water region uh you know like matt was saying join us on meetups.com and or join our private facebook group uh we would love to have you and have you at our you know how to our have you at our events can't even speak english um everything we do is free and uh it's a lot it's a lot of fun so Perfect. Now, for those just listening to us on audio, you're not going to be able to see it, but we're twinning out today mm. um, to the point where I, I couldn't wear my blazer. I had a gray one on, too. And, well, uh, that's why you're not wearing it. I didn't. Yeah, mm. I couldn't really Sorry. couldn't really put myself to it because we Sorry. both got both got dark jeans on down low, too. And so it's pretty we're looking like twins today. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, good. Shall we roll into Let's these jump into details? It. Okay. Let's do it. So, um, the, the premise today that I was getting at is how do you analyze a property? You know, this is after you've studied different markets and you know where you're looking to invest and you know, you understand what's going on in the area. So let's just say, for example, you pick Kitchener Waterloo, which is where we are and what we focus on. You find, you know, you, you realize what type of property you're interested in, you know, based on a combination of your goals and, um, maybe where you're at financially. So let's just say you're interested in a a single family property because that's where you're able to afford and also that's what's gonna move you quickly to your goals. What do you do when you find a property, right? Mm. So that's what we wanted to to dive into today. So you want me to just start, I have some notes. Yeah, jump right in. Okay, so uh, first thing you wanna do is obviously look at the price and basically what you wanna do is calculate what's what's gonna be the expenses on the property and then what's gonna be the, the potential income. So the major items for your expenses, they call it pity, um, is gonna be basically your your principal and interest, which makes up your mortgage payment, and then your uh, taxes and your insurance. So calculate all those things. Uh, The first two is very easy to calculate with an online mortgage calculator. So let's say you're buying, you're looking at something for 300,000, you're gonna be coming up with a 20% down payment. Now what, now that 80%, figure out what that number is. I don't know it off the top of my head here. Um, off of what? 300,000. 240. 240. Good math. 
240 mortgage. Now. So then you put your $240,000 mortgage into a mortgage calculator at, you know, whatever your market rates are right now um, at for the time rate. for, for your interest rate, yeah. how long your amortized period. Again, I should probably add you're having a mortgage broker conversation probably before this point as well. So you know what's going on in the mortgage world and you know what you can sort of qualify for and all that good stuff. Yeah. So then, then yeah, you just, you calculate how much the mortgage payment's gonna be um, with the with the mortgage calculator. Mm -hmm. So then you know what your mortgage, your interest and your principal is. Mm -hmm. And then for your taxes, that would just be on the, it's either on the listing or you can look it up in the title registry. Um, as a realtor, we have access to that. Um, but as a, just a, a buyer, you would also have access to that as well. Just, you know, they work with your realtor on that. Yeah, that's, get that that, information. that's an easy one for a realtor to pull up. Realtor can handle it. Um, we. We handle that all the time for our clients. Yeah, had to plug that right there. We do. We do. And then uh, insurance. So this is a matter of um, you can have an insurance broker in your back pocket, or you're calling around to a couple different people and just getting an idea of what it would be like to insure a home like that. They'll ask you questions about, you know, what's the electrical, what's the plumbing, what year was the home built. Um, they'll ask you some some details on it, and then you can get an idea of what the insurance is. Mm -hmm. And those are going to be your major big expenses. Um, so some things to also consider as a, as a side note for on the expenses is, are there any repairs that you're doing on the property? Um, always have a, some sort of reserve fund going on for the properties as well, like a certain percentage that you're putting aside because if a big item goes like you need to replace a furnace and you don't have you know two or $3,000 to replace the furnace, mm -hmm. um, you're gonna be in trouble. So having reserves and then also vacancies. I know if you're looking at a single family home, likely, it's, I mean, it's very likely that you're not gonna have a very long period of time where you don't have somebody in there. Um, but just keeping that in mind, this is definitely something that people think about once you get into the multi-unit, because there's always gonna be some vacancies, especially if you have like a 100 unit building, for example. Mm. Um, but just keeping that in mind that there's gonna be a period of time at some point when you're not gonna have rental income yeah. and just keeping that in mind with your calculations, right? And then. Um, uh, property management yeah. is something I always, if you're going to manage it on your own, I would say st I still do the numbers with the property management fee in there because you might transition to that in the future. Um, what we found is most people who invest in real estate and have a property manager end up buying more properties because each property, if you're managing it yourself, each property can be like its own little headache. Essentially, mm. if you let it get inside your head and you're like, all right, I'm getting two or three calls a month. Then it becomes my own a big property, headache, right? If you have five of them, then just yeah. A big so then you're like, one. okay, yeah. another deal came up. Um, am I going to buy it? And well, it's going to be you know three or four more calls a month, depending on you know what what's going on. So um, that can hinder people from buying more properties. So calculate for uh, property management as well. Yeah. Um, those would be the things to consider on the expense side, and then on the income side, uh, your big one's going to be rent, and then maybe you have um, laundry or extra parking or different. Um, extra income items. I think the big ones would, would be laundry and maybe a bonus parking or maybe like a pet fee or something along those lines. Now, um, for the rental income, how do I figure out how much I can get for rent? There's a couple of different ways. Um, I mean, being in the market all the time, we definitely have firsthand just 
you know, like time on task type of experience yeah. with rent and just, you know, working closely with our investor clients and then with ourselves on rentals and just seeing what stops being rented for um, is definitely, is obviously the best one. If mm -hmm. you have a, a property management company that you're working with or that you're just kind of in talks with, I guess if you're a little bit newer off, sending them a listing and saying, hey, what do you think this would rent for? That's a really good way to get an idea because they can usually just look at the pictures. Obviously being inside the property is the best way to go, um, but just, uh, they, they can give you a good idea of what it could rent for. Also, um, just like for real estate sales, looking at the comps on MLS, not a lot of rentals really go through our system on MLS, but you can see if someone was asking 1500, what did they get? Yeah. And then that can give you a good idea as well. Yeah. And if neither of those are an option, you can always just post um, kind of like a, a feeler ad on Kijiji for a place similar, yeah. say like three bedroom townhouse in Kitchener. And you know, if, if you're thinking that you're not sure if it's gonna be 1500 or 1700, try the one at 17. If you get no responses in a couple of days, then try it at 15 and see what happens then. And that'll mm -hmm. help you just kind of feel out. And then you just delete that and don't reply to every, anybody. Yeah, one, yeah, and one of the great ways for, um, for figuring out rent, as well as all the above that you just said, you know, rental comps um, and, you know, shooting out to your property manager, all those options are amazing. Another one that's, that's really good and that kind of happens as you build your investor network is you just reach out to other investors that own a similar product and just say, hey, I know you have that, whatever, that fiveplex on Jane Street. You know, how much are you renting the one bedroom basement and, and then the two bedroom upstairs ones or whatever? Like, you know, like what are your rental incomes? For those properties and I do that all the time with clients of ours that I you know maybe sold them a property you know three years ago and I forget what they rented the main floor on their duplex for and I know the layout I know the size I'm like oh but I, I forget what they rented for you know I shoot the client an email say hey or just an investor have my network and say hey I know you own this kind of property how much do you rent out the you know the three beds for how much you rent two beds one beds whatever and then they give you a bit of a range and then I say oh and then I can kind of I'm always gauging and always like filtering this information through my mind especially as we go through properties all the time with clients and for ourselves we're constantly gauging okay you know this townhouse sold for three hundred thousand. okay cool why 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 you know why didn't sell for 280 why didn't sell for 290 okay if it sold for 310 it's because it has a garage this one sold for 290 doesn't have a garage we're constantly doing that with prices and we're also doing that with rents right and mm -hmm. i feel like as you get more active as an investor you're you're going to be able to do that yourself but a great way to do it is obviously the rental comps like you were saying shoot it out to a property manager that really knows their stuff and then as you build up your investor network of other of other investors by coming to meetups by joining clubs locally um then you can use them as a resource obviously don't be annoying <laughs> don't be annoying about it but um you know leverage that i know all of our investors in our group i could i could shoot a message to and say, hey, I know you have this building on 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 John Street. What do you rent it for? Yeah. Like, what do you rent the two beds for? And they'll gladly tell you. And then you know, because they want to help you, they want to see you succeed. So that's a great way to do it too. I just want to point that out. That if you have a great over time, you build that investor network. Uh, it's always a quick email away or a quick message away. If you know they have a similar kind of product that you're looking to rent, or whatever, mm -hmm. right? That's a great one. Yeah, okay. especially too. Sorry, <laughs> so I'm getting excited here. Especially too, as as the market, I know for us locally, um, 
the housing market overall with prices has really has really changed over the past few years and also too with with the way rents are in our market i can i can really speak to and we can speak to it's it's really changed so properties that would have been 12 or 12.50 or 13 are now 15.50 or 16 or 16.50 and like that jump is very big so that like let's say you're an investor and you're going to re-rent a property it's really really it's really important when you're underwriting a property 100 percent, because you only have that one shot to get that tenant in there at the best rent possible because mm. in our market you have the rental you know the rental guideline every year you're only allowed to increase at a certain percentage but if you're re-renting a property it's so important to get feelers out and i think if you have the rental comp you know you get information online um, and then you send it out to your property manager or a property manager and then you ask local investors you're able to then filter out okay 1500 is the number 16 is because that that hundred dollar difference a lot of the times investors and we go through some of these properties where they didn't ask anybody they just re-rented a unit but they re-rented it for 150 bucks less than what they could have got and that's like 150 bucks 150 bucks like that's a lot of money over a year and yeah. if you're going to refinance in the future and pull out equity and you're looking to be able to pay back that equity that you're borrowing having that extra 150 bucks times a few units or whatever um makes a big deal so if you can have those three ways of verifying rents it's powerful and i think those are three really good ways yeah yeah yeah, so then once you have all your expense items and then your income items, then basically um, from, from a cash flow perspective, that'll get you whether this property is going to be break even or not. So if the rent's going to be 15 and all those other items add up to 15, obviously you're at a break even. You're hoping that all those expense items are less, they add up to be less than 15. And then I would say like if it's, if it's break even or positive, then it's looking into the property further and uh, you know potentially doing an offer on it. And like our our main strategy when buying single families hasn't been to get a lot of cash flow. We understand that we're in a wealth building um, strategy here, so that the the other aspects to consider um, after you know those numbers make sense is like how much is getting paid down on the mortgage every year. You can look at the amortization table um, with your mortgage calculator again and see how much am I paying off, and yeah. then obviously you've already determined before like i said that you're in a good market so what's the average appreciation in that market and the appreciation is really a cherry on top this isn't something yeah. you should be basing really any of your calculations on but just realizing that it is it is a potential factor and when we're in kw we have been seeing good uh, appreciation so it, it's yeah. something to just to consider as well it's something it's definitely something to consider people yeah. say oh you know, don't look at appreciation at all it's like yeah, I can understand that part. Like you don't want to underwrite all your numbers just based off of this property going up in value. I don't think that's the right way to do it at all. But not using appreciation in analyzing your return is kind of like, you know, it's kind of dumb. Like if you're if you're averaging 6% appreciation or 7% appreciation in a market and then you underwrite your numbers at 1 or 2 or 3, I think that's pretty fair. Which like, is exactly what we do. Yeah, we yeah. see KW being three to six percent on average, with the last two years being a, a little bit more yeah. than that. Um, but then when I'm looking at a deal, I'm putting appreciation at like two or three percent. Yeah. So it's we're very conservative with those numbers, but it's just good to know that hey, this is where the property could potentially be because that ties into what's your exit strategy with that property. Right. At least just knowing um, 
that, okay, I'm just going to hold this property for 25 years and refinance when I can and pull out money. Like that's a strategy. Or you say, I'm going to hold on to this for five years and sell it and take the capital, pay capital gains and go buy another property. Yeah. Um, it's like just knowing what your exit strategy is, is also something to consider when you're buying the property. And also, is there a, uh, a value add component? Yeah. It do, does a, a certain aspect of the property require um, some work or if you put work in to the property, could you potentially get a higher rent or a higher reappraisal value? These are all things that you would, um, you know, tie into this consideration, um, you know, after your cash flow number makes, makes more sense, right? Yeah, and I think as we wrap up, this is more so for um, analyzing something that's a little bit more straightforward of just a buy and hold deal. Yeah. Um, a lot of investors that we work with are doing, you know, buying a property um, and even on some multifamilies paying a hundred or two hundred, $300,000 more than what it's worth on paper. But then they're going in, they're actually, you know, they're executing a business plan and then it's going to be worth 2.5 on the back end or 2.6 or whatever. And that's a whole different way of underwriting properties. And I feel like um, it's just a different way of looking at a deal. This is a very straightforward way of, you know what, we're just gonna calculate all the expenses, we're gonna calculate the rents, and we're just gonna, like this is more of just a buy and hold, which I feel like is a great, is a, you know, is an amazing way to invest in real estate. Um, it's a, it's a, like a really amazing yeah. way to, to think about investing in real estate because it's just, you're you're making it really simple and that's what i like about this is you're like okay do the monthly numbers make sense okay great now i know i amortize this for 30 years the tenant's just going to pay the property off and i'm going to turn my 20 percent down payment into the total price of the house over 30 years and whatever that new value of the house is will be boom it's it's just it's slow and steady and it's boring <laughs> and it wins then it wins yeah it wins it wins we feel like we need to go in and we need to have this crazy value add deal and pull out all the money on a refi and yeah that that's all amazing and if you can do that and execute that cool but this way of just looking at a deal is so powerful because then you just know like you said you turn 20 percent down or however much it is in your market um into the full value assuming you don't refinance at all and that's that's really cool it's really powerful so yeah anything else to add that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll do a little outro here. Um, I trust you enjoyed today's episode. We are the co-founders of the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. So you can find us again on meetups or Facebook. And if you're in the Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, Wellington region, please um, join the group and you know share this podcast with friends and family. Let us know what you think. Um, again, hit us with a five star and a subscribe on YouTube. And uh, hope you enjoy your day.